Welcome to the Pack the House Show, where we have conversations about sharing your faith as you walk through life with others. Hello and welcome back to Pack the House. I'm here again with Pastor Jason, Aaron Davis, and Austin Marshoni. And I'm Andrew Osborne, uh, and we're going to be discussing what we heard in our service this last weekend and how we can apply it to um, our lives and specifically uh, to sharing God's message of uh, redemption and love and grace with our friends and family around us. Um, so this last week, we started a new series called Life Stages, where we're going to be going through the different life stages and talking about how those um, people in those stages of life interact with faith and interact with the church. Um, so this last week we started with uh, children and discussed how um, they interact with their faith and what it means for uh, a child to be in the faith and in church. Um, and we specifically looked at uh, a verse from Matthew chapter 21, uh, and it says, From the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise. All right, so... Uh, what does it mean to be a, a child in church? Um, do they have a specific role or uh, what do they do there? I think the, the way I would answer that is to say that, I guess I took, it, took this upon myself, but uh, the, way I would, the way I would say that is they have a definite value uh, to us. Um, and specifically, it's, the, it's what we see in that verse, right? The, the role of children among us is to give praise to God. Uh, and even took to, took this a little bit further in my as I preached downtown this week. Took it a little bit further. That's a that's a quote uh, from Psalm eight, and the full context of that quote uh, is around the idea. It literally says, "Through the praise of children, you have established a stronghold against your enemies." And so, uh, the way we talked about this in down there was um, the praise of children, the presence of children among us in our in our church family, is an answer to prayer as we pray over and over, um, deliver us from evil and don't, don't let us be tempted. Don't let the devil come against me. Uh, the presence and the faith of children. Um, and as I said it, you know, sometimes the answer to our prayer cries through our service. <laughs> That's the way it is. Uh, Actually, the, every time I hear a baby crying in service, it makes me smile. Absolutely. There's a baby in service. Like that's an awesome thing. <laughs> well, I used to say so all the for time. the parent dealing with it, they're probably. Oh, not I know. Smart. No, I've been on the other side too. It's very oh, yeah. frustrating. But as a, if it's not my kid, I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. They're here. The sound of the church growing. Yeah. yeah. My godfather. My godfather was a pastor, and he always used to say he like would always, like every so often would always bring this up in a sermon, and he'd be like, you know, if if you're someone who's bothered by a baby crying. Is like rather than asking them to, the parents to take their baby out, I'm gonna ask you to just go step outside and listen from out in the lobby. Oh, lot. that's smart. And he yeah. said because if, if you're not happy and smiling with the fact that we have someone new in the church and the family of God, then you know I think you need to think a little bit more about it. And I get that it's a distraction. You know, he'd always clarify like, don't get me wrong. I get that like you know, it might distract you, it might be kind of difficult, but what kind of um, what kind of place would turn away someone that we, you know, would bring such joy to the family, you know? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And I do feel like that is kind of, at least what I see as kids' roles in the church is, uh, for example, it's so easy for kids to be joyful and to sing songs about Jesus and uh, to trust the words in those songs, whereas for adults, uh, a lot of times we're more hardened and skeptical and uh, grumpy at, at moments. Um, and so 
seeing the kids be so joyful, uh, for a lot of us at least, I think brings a lot of joy in our lives. I will say though, after COVID, it's been a rough adjustment. Like my two-year-old for half of her life, she didn't go to church. Right. And so then we started bringing her back and I was like, oh my goodness, you've never sat in a seat before. You have no idea what you're doing. Like fruit snacks are not enough to get you through a sermon. Like it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole different level of trying to get your kids to sit through church. But I think people are receptive to it because I hope they understand that. COVID set a lot of our learning of how to sit in church back. <laughs> and that was one of the same. <laughs> and that was one of those cool moments too. Uh, you know, for those who may have not known when we were recording during uh, um, recording the services during COVID, during the height of it, when we couldn't actually meet in person, Aaron was uh, singing a couple of different, you know, a couple of random weeks here and there. And one of the weeks uh, her kids were there, she had to bring them with her and they walked right in and walked right up on stage during the recording of one of the songs. And, uh, you know, it just kind of stuck and we had it in the, in the video and people just like really commented back and said how much of a joy it was to see kids in the video dancing to the, to the worship music. I mean, that's what we, when you have the sermon on your TV at home, like that's what they're doing when the songs are going, you know, they're not sitting on the couch, just watching nicely. If I can keep my kids in the room, I'm happy. Yeah, me too. Thanks. So uh, thinking about kids' roles, um, part of what we want for our kids is to, to share their faith with their friends. Um, how, how would we go about convincing them to do that? Is that something kids do? How, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I don't think that that's like something kids talk about. Like, I know that I shared this story earlier, but my, my eight-year-old, like, she goes to school and I'm like, hey, what'd you talk about today? Did you tell him, like, if we went to, like, an amusement park, I'm like, did you tell him you went to Kings Island this weekend? And she's like, no, mom, that doesn't come up in conversation. Like, <laughs> we don't talk about that. Whereas, like, if I was hanging out with my friends, I'd be like, guess what I did last week, you yeah. know? But I and don't. Now that you, now that you mentioned that, uh, I can, I can see a little bit more of what you're thinking of in terms of you know, having to sort, and I've, I've done this too with, uh, you know, maybe I take my, my younger brothers and sit, well, they're, they're brothers-in-law and sisters-in-law, but uh, take them to a place and do a thing. And then you sort of have to pull it out of them to get them to even, you know, yes. tell, tell her where you went today. Right. <laughs> tell her what you did. Right. <laughs> so when they're talking to their friends, they're, they're not doing the same thing. That yeah, I think that kind of brings up, that brings up an interesting conversation about this, which I think it, you know, obviously may or may not be slightly off topic, but I think it kind of does relate to what this is, which is that, you know, what we set as a priority, like each of us as like older people, you know, and as we'll talk about next week with, you know, parents being kind of the focus of next week's uh, sermon. Um, I think what we set as a priority kind of gauges what, you know, our, what kids can kind of sometimes talk about or, um, and it's not, it's not just like you as a parent, and I'm not saying you don't talk about God enough and your kids, it's more right. about the, what society has kind of set up. And so how do we kind of, you know, get kids and me not being a parent, totally honest. I'm just saying, you know, it's like, it's always kind of the thought of like, how do you get a kid to want to talk about something and make that a priority to be something to talk about rather than just always focusing on the, as you so put it, the, the now, the, what are we doing now? What are we playing with now? Whose house are we going to, or what are we doing? You know, how does that go and I think I you know and sometimes it's a personality thing I know that obviously you might you know sit here and look at or listen to you know 
Andrew, me and Jason, who all like, you know, and Aaron, you've actually worked in a church as well. You know, like we might all be looked at as like, you know, you know, church work people who, you know, obviously are a different breed. And as a kid, I might've been looked at as one of those kids that just like wanted to tell people about Jesus, you know, and just my personality or something. But there was times where, you know, like even, you know, my siblings, you know, it's just, it does sometimes come up and it's when those come up, how do we make that sort of like the, the thing that we can build on with our neighbors. And I've even seen Andrew's kids do it with their neighbors. Well, one of the, the things for me as an adult, um, it's hard for me to have discussions about my faith if I'm not actively thinking about my faith. Um, so if I'm not regularly doing devotions or uh, listening to the sermon or if I'm being distracted, uh, it's, it's harder for me to have those discussions because it's not soaked into me. And that's one of the things that I've heard our pastors talk about that um, our faith is like a sponge. Like it, uh, when you're reading scripture, you're soaking all that stuff in. And when you're squeezed, what comes out of the sponge is what's been soaked into it. Um, so hopefully for us being in scripture and being in worship, we're soaking that in so that when we're squeezed or when we're asked about it, it's just going to pour out of us. Um, and so that's, as my, as a parent, that's my goal with my kids is to talk about those things enough um, and to make it a regular habit for us so that they're soaking that in, whether intentionally or not. Yeah. Uh, and we don't always do a great job of it, um, but that is the goal, I think. And you, I think do, like, you do a better, you do a better job than most parents. I, will uh, I would agree. <laughs> I've met your kids. <laughs> and I, if I could build on that just a little bit and maybe, maybe <clears throat> clarify a bit, um, specifically, what is it that we want our kids to soak up? Mm -hmm. uh, and the way I think about this, and I, parents will see this, but we can see it in, in, in other relationships as well. Um, your emotions and your way of thinking about things is contagious, right? Mm -hmm. That old, the thing that says that when a baby falls over, they will look to you for what the, what the response should be, right? right. If you, if you freak out, they'll freak out. You're okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make not a big deal out of it. It's not a big deal for them. That was a great fall. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think the same thing happens here. So if we want our kids, I certainly want them to, I don't want your kids. <laughs> no. no one wants Andrew's kids. Just kidding. If, if we, we, want, if we want our kids to be sharing faith, um, you know, joy is contagious, right? So the more that we talk to our children, this is, and I'm, I'm speaking now in my role as, as one of the pastors here. This is part of our role, part of our job at Cornerstone. Um, the more that we can speak to our kids and talk to them and help them understand the the joy that, that Jesus brings, the hope that Jesus brings, the peace that comes with that when, when, you know, when they're afraid and all those things, the more that sort of overflows out of them toward their friends and, and, and those that they're around. Which I would say is why we sing happy songs at Sunday school with them, like Jesus loves me. We don't really it's sing for their benefit, right? we songs of lamentation and where <laughs> they're going to be depressed. Yeah. But I also think too, like, like I was saying earlier with my eight year old, like she talks about whatever's happening, like in the moment, like she's not thinking about previous stuff. And right. it's like, when she asks me questions and I give her the answer of that's God's example, that's Jesus example. That's the example she, that's what she says to her friends at school. Right. You yep. know what I mean? Like, um, like the word sus. You don't have to specifically tell her this is about sharing faith. Right. She just does it because it's in it's in our everyday. But like the word sus, do you guys know what the word sus is? 
Oh, yeah. And from, from a game, but like all of her friends use the word sus because everybody is using the word sus, mm -hmm. right? And so anything that happens, they're like, that's sus. And then like, if we come home and she asks me questions and I always answer, well, that's Jesus. I'll tell you how he did it, but that's Jesus. Like nature or even coincidences, you know, things that line up. I'm like, that's God's plan. You know what I mean? And if I use that in everyday vernacular, then that's going to be her yep. everyday vernacular, you Absolutely. know? And by the way, let's mention here too, because I, I know a little bit of our audience that um, grandparents can do this as well. Yes. Uh, and even if you're, if you have grandchildren, if you're watching this and you have grandchildren who are not raised in the church, and I know that many grandparents have a deep concern about that, you can still do this part. You can still talk to them um, about faith and, and answer questions as Aaron said, in terms of faith, um, you can witness to them in that way. Yeah. And I think that's great. Uh, the importance of baptism in there. Uh, I can't tell you the number of kids who are baptized because they asked their parents to be baptized. Mm -hmm. So grandparents, if you're watching, uh, you can do that. So I think it's even where like, as, as an entire church, you know, that's where we, you know, kind of have that, that concept of like, you know, where, you know, one thing that like in, in college, we always talked about was sometimes, you know, the kids that kind of felt like they just were there because their parents were supposed to be there when, and, and the church not supporting that, the, the idea that the kids are part of the church right now. They're not part of like, you know, everyone, you know, sometimes like the line would get used, you know, and from certain friends' experiences and stuff where it's like, oh, they're the future church. It's like, no, they're not the future church. They're the, they're they the church. Of church. Yeah, yeah, they're the church of now. And how we all interact just with kids at church or even kids, you know, you know, that we like our neighbor kids, you know. Uh, that don't go to church, you know, it, it, it's, it's something where, you know, we can say like, you know, to, you know, a, a neighbor kid who's just over hanging out, you know, they, they ask a question, something that, you know, can be, you know, explain a way to kind of bring in Jesus. We can say, well, you know, uh, you know, we believe that Jesus actually, you know, made this and did this, you know, and so you can kind of bring in those examples because it's not like the kids have to be going to church already either, you know, because we talk about, how we like communicate to our neighbors, the stuff that we learn in the sermons. But I think this is also like that learning point of we don't have to wait to talk to the kids in the church about, you know, this next level of Bible knowledge or whatever we can work it in. And also yet we can also work it in with kids that don't know and just say, you know, you know, it, it, you know, this is what we believe. And we, you know, we know that, you know, we have a, a friend that loves us and that's what we always are trying to get our you know kids to do. And, you know, I think rightfully so. It's not always expected that we can get kids to just go out and read off, you know, Bible verses to their friends, but that they just kind of are those little kids are great at planting seeds. You know, it's one of those things, those activities you do in preschool and in stuff and you put them in the bags. And I've seen them hang them up in the preschool down here, hang them up in the window and you, you know, they plant the seeds, they learn to do that, but they're also doing that in, in what the, the way that they interact with their friends. And they just kind of say like, yeah, maybe it's not like their active conversation, but it's, I was at church and, you know, Jesus loves me and Jesus is my best friend and just those little bits. And, you know, I think we need to embrace that, you know, that childlike faith in them and build that up. Uh, well, I think we, okay. Let's see if we can give some language to those who are watching. Um, Austin mentions, I'm curious, what are the metaphors that work well for, for kids that are helpful or useful to them? So Austin mentioned, a friend who loves me, Jesus as my best friend. Um, what are the 
what are the ways of talking about faith or the metaphors for faith? You know, for adults, we use justification a lot, right? Um, you were guilty of the sin and now you've been pardoned. And my sense is that's not one that works real well with kids. What are the faith metaphors that, that are helpful with kids? God loves you even when you're bad or make bad choices. I always say bad choices. I try not to tell them that they are bad. That is a value judgment. Absolutely. Yeah. So I always say God still loves you if you made a bad choice. I say that I, a lot. I, I know some of the songs that my kids listen to that uh, like I'm metaphorical about faith are deal a lot with like storms in life. Um, and I think yeah, like, kids are scared of storms and they understand like things are messy and scary. And uh, I think knowing that God is with you in the storms is something that's comforting for at least my kids. So God is with you is the, okay. And, and that resonates with them. With but that? I also wanted to say about what Austin was saying. Um, I when I didn't know this until I had kids, obviously. But like my three-year-old would like totally understand parts of the sermon and she would like explain it to me. And I'd be like, what? I totally did not get that. And that makes way more sense than what I was thinking on, you know, my theological level. Like, and it would just be like on the conversation on the car ride home from church, you mm -hmm. know? And she was watching her tablet the entire time yeah. we're doing the sermon, right? Because you always think like, oh, it's the sermon time. Kids have to be quiet, give them stuff. And so she, but she would be totally like into it and getting it. And it'd be like stuff about like Paul in jail. You know what I mean? And she'd be like, that was really cool that Jesus broke Paul out of jail. And then she'd just explain things to me. And I'd be like, wow, okay. <laughs> so you, you don't know, like they just process things a totally different way. And they're always processing, yeah. you know? So I know there's a lot of people in church where it's like the sermon's not for the kids or that's why we have a children's sermon, right? right. But they, I mean, they get all of it. They get all of it. They're sponges. I, I think our churches do a pretty good job of helping kids evangelize by um, not necessarily like telling them what to say, uh, but giving opportunities for kids to do fun things where they're also going to be hearing God's word. Um, for Like for instance, we do VBS and it's a fun event um, that our kids want to invite their friends to. And at that fun event, they're going to be hearing that Jesus loves them. Um, so like my kids were excited to invite their friends uh, from our neighborhood to come to VBS. And for that whole week, those kids who have never been in a church came to a church, met pastors, heard that Jesus loves them. And I, I think that's like one of the best ways we can equip kids to share their faith is by just like giving those opportunities. Great. So parents, maybe there's an opportunity there. The next time that you're going to come to a a faith formation event, a kids event here at Cornerstone, we know those are going to be high quality events, right? And to Andrew's point, we know that, that the kids are willing, excited, interested to invite someone. So maybe the, maybe the conversation is, who would you like to bring with you? There's one this weekend, isn't there? I think there's one this weekend, isn't there? My answer probably should not be, eh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the bonfire at Fisher's. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. Trisha, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so who would you like to bring with you to that? To the bonfire. Yeah, and teenagers love bonfires. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it kind of goes back into like that whole thing of like limiting, like, you know, it, it's always like we limit what kids can do or we limit what yeah. we can do or we 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 put this this boundary of what we think this person is receptive to. You know, we say like, 
oh, I would invite them to church, but I don't think they would like our church or I don't think that they would whatever. Like we kind of like give ourselves like an, their answer before we ever ask. And I think that's where like, huh? We make the decision for them. Yeah. And I think that's where like, that's that part. That's one of the parts, the biggest parts of childlike faith that like I always like really like latch onto is seeing them. They're just willing to invite their friends to things. And like, you know, like they don't, they don't see what like the rest of us understand about society and what some other people might see as like the negative parts of the Christian faith or like what other, how society attributes negative things to being a Christian. And the kids just don't see that. All they see is, you know, something that I love to do a fun event or, you know, something that I, you know, enjoy and my friends can come and hang out and do this with me. And yet we also kind of do that with adults. You know, we do that with our neighbors. We do that, you know, obviously you could just try and invite them. If they say no, then, then no, but like just always be willing to invite them. And then we also have adult events, you know, like we have Oktoberfest and things like that, you know? So it's just, it's, I don't, I don't ever want to like limit. And I think that's one of the things that I don't think kids ever do is they don't put limits on who they tell what to, they'll say whatever to anybody. And before I had kids, I really thought kids could only understand that Jesus loves me. Right. Like that's all that they could process. Right. And then I had an oldest that has like a bodybuilder, Holy spirit. That's what we call it all the time. because She just can interpret things. And it's like, wow, that's like, like deep theological stuff that you're like spouting out there and you don't even know any of it you know it just comes to you mm-hmm. so we would always say like I mean she knows so much more than just Jesus loves her you mm-hmm. know what I mean like and so I think that's another thing that I learned after by the having- way Jesus loves me is enough I know totally very cool when they know more but it's like I think as an adult I always thought you know like I'm not going to get any like I need to get the knowledge from like the pastors and from like people and like people that have been to school and it's like, no, you can get the knowledge from an eight-year-old, you know, <laughs> like they know things. They just know things. Wish I'd known that before I spent all that money in school. <laughs> <laughs> right. You could have just had a kid. You would have been fine. <laughs> you just, yeah. Hired an eight-year-old. There you go. Totally. <laughs> well, I think that that gives us uh, at least some stuff to, to work with. Uh, Pastor, do you want to recap us and uh, wrap us up in prayer? Yeah, hiring an eight-year-old is probably a good stopping point. Child <laughs> labor and all. They're devolving. They're getting paid. Okay. Oh. Um, yeah, so so I think great conversation today. Uh, I love this point that, uh, you know, that kids know and take in and process a lot more uh, than we maybe think they do or, or give them credit for and, and that they are willing in ways that we aren't always to, uh, to share that with people around them, to invite them to events. Um, that's a great thought that we have all these kids events where they're going to hear the message and we can help our, our children, um, you know, encourage them to invite a friend and ask them who they want to invite, um, that we can do some of those things, but then in our, in our own conversations and those dinner table conversations, I think the way we can help kids share their faith is by sharing it with them, um, by talking to them in terms of faith in, in, in answering questions through a lens of faith that they then will uh, share with those around them. And so mom and dad, grandparents, uh, the, the idea here is you have a powerful role to play in helping your kids share the faith that's being uh, grown within them. Uh, with that in mind, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the children among us. Uh, we thank you for 
uh, the sound of, of the church growing, the sound of the church sustaining. But we know also, Lord, that that means what that shows us is you are sustaining and continuing your creation, that you are still keeping things going. And so thank you for that reminder. Thank you for the the, the reminder and the, the, the sustaining of faith that children bring us. Um, we give into your hands all the kids who, who are among us, those uh, who are connected with us. Uh, Lord, that you would not only continue to grow their faith, but also that you would um, open open doors for them to share in ways that are that are natural to them, uh, in ways that, that, that fit with who they are and, and, and where they are in life. And that you would uh, empower parents and grandparents to um, help them to do that through the way that we talk with them, uh, through the invitations that we bring to them, uh, that you would strengthen us to help our kids do what they are sometimes better at than us, which is share the love and the, the joy and the peace uh, that, that comes through you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, having this discussion. Thanks All right. So I'll be out next No, we'll be, here, we'll be here next week and then we'll be out. So All right. um, we'll talk about that later. You can cut that out. <laughs> thanks for joining us for the pack the house show for more content like this or to connect with us visit our website cornerstonelutheran.church